between yesterday and the weekend, it was another big sports week. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you've decided to make Big Sky Sports Talk part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You've found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona, but we do things differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We also cover ASU football, ASU basketball, USL championship soccer with the Phoenix Rising, and the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury, all available to you Tuesday through Saturday. Um... It indeed was a big sports week, week slash weekend, um, from last night to Saturday and Sunday. We had, um, th- we have three Diamondbacks games to talk about. Uh, two, um, two Coyotes games, um, a Suns game, a Phoenix Rising. It's it's all of it, <laughs> really. Um, so it's going to be a pretty pretty good, but pretty packed show. Um, but uh, anyway, hopefully your weekend and Monday was good. Um, my weekend was good. Um, but my Sunday, I don't know, my Sunday was kind of self-inflicted chaos. Um, and I say self-inflicted because I, uh, Sunday, um, I did not stay with my sister at all this weekend, but I did go to her house. Um, that, that seems to be an every weekend mainstay. Um, and it was, it was pretty interesting so we'll start with this um my mom and aunt still out of town uh early sunday morning jd had to go to work um and he uh, had asked me saturday night if i could um you know let the dogs out one more time and and all that before i go to church and i didn't I didn't tell him that I was going, that I leave like just as early as he does, if not earlier. Um, and since I stayed and I stayed and have been staying at my house, um, all this weekend, um, I left after him, uh, only because I had a couple other different things I was doing. Um, and, and so that, uh, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'll just make it happen. I should have told him. Everybody told me I should have told him, but um, even he did after I, you know, told him what what ended up happening. Um, but so I thought to myself, I'll just check on them in between the gatherings. Um, the way my Sunday looks, just to kind of give you an in, is if I'm at my house, alarm goes off at five in the morning. I uh, take a shower and shave and get ready. Um, I usually try to leave between 5.30 and, and 6, depending on, you know, if I lay in bed for a while and don't get up actually at, at, you know, at 5. Actually, I think, uh, lately I've been setting at, at 5.15. Um, but anyway, 
And then I get to the church between 6 and 6.30, but a little bit closer to that 6 mark um, usually. Um, And then I'm there. um, We have practice at 7, and I'm there until um, both gatherings are done between 12 and... 1230 and then sometimes I just hang out in 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 fellowship until like 1 or 130 and then if uh I I'm and unless I meet my sister for lunch out somewhere then then I'm you know with them sooner than that but if it's hey come over eat when you're done then I usually don't get to her house until you know two or later um, so, and then that's, you know, and then I'm there until nine thirty, ten o'clock. Um, so that's usually my Sunday, um, in between gatherings. Um, see, I can get from the church to my house in, in 20 minutes. Um, so that's 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. Um, we usually wrap up between 10 and 10, 15. Um, so I'm, you know, they usually would put me getting back to the church. Um, I would suppose at, uh, like 10 55, but the thing is you gotta let the dogs out. And, w- and literally what I did is I got there like 10 30, let the dogs out. I, I used the bathroom. Um, I got something to drink. Uh, made sure that Remy had food because I usually kind of feed him um, either before I leave or, or or the night before if I stay at my sister's or whatnot, and then I, I'll feed him, um, you know, later that night when I come back in. Um, de- you know, it just really depends. So I, I put food in his bowl, and the dogs were ready to come in, so I don't know if they did anything. And that's kind of worst part of all of this. This whole story is they were out, you know, maybe you know, maybe five minutes or less um, outside. That is, and then so who knows if they even did anything? They might just run ran out there for a little bit, and that was it. Um, and then I what I'll do is I'll let I'll do my best to let Remy in first. Did not work out this time. Um. And so, and the reason why I do that is because all the dogs will follow, or the other two dogs will follow him in, into his, into my room and slash his room. And, um, so I have to shoo, shoo them out. And then, um, you know, usually my mom's dog Pepper will follow me right up to her room. This time she was unwilling to go in there. So I had to pick, you know, um, pick her up and put her in there and then um captain ran around for a little bit before he went into my aunt's room and so um i can like i said 20 minutes is probably you know is the fastest i can get you know maybe you know a couple minutes less than that but not by much not 15 minutes so between 15 and 20 minutes is the fastest i can get from one side of town to the next so my house to the to the church i can't do it in 15 minutes or less and then that was the problem so 
um, based off of time, I was put only two minutes late for the second gathering, but in my opinion, I was seven minutes late because the countdown, of course, the countdown fires out automatically and the sound is always unmuted for that channel. So there's no major issue there. Um, but I, I came in, got into the parking lot at 11.02, um, running into the building. You know, people know that, that that's been at church for a while, know, you know, what I'm doing. And, you know, and I even had a couple of members say, hey, you all right? Did everything good? And I said, why? Well, I, I mean, I am now. And, and I get in there and Dustin is... He has his wireless pack on, so he's playing guitar, which is kind of cool, but playing guitar and and you're just kind of covering the uh, soundboard at the same time. Then he, he sneaks up on stage, and there are so many different things that get, went wrong, some in my control, some out of my control. Um, I don't know, half and half, and I felt terrible. And it was just it was rough. And I tried my pride. I I tried to pride myself, and and you know I'm not going to be perfect. I know that, but as pretty close as I can. And you know the whole culture of of Canvas is 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 you know striving for excellence. I think you know most churches couldn't really say that anyway. And um, that's true of most churches anyway. Um, some standards are a little bit different, but um, you know it, it's not ridiculous but it was just you know i felt like second gathering was just a a train wreck i mean it was fine it you know when you look at it and in aggregate but it was you know it was it was rough so too much stress for myself and all i probably would have had to do is tell you know mention jd that i lift uh leave around he does the time he does and he said, well, then that's fine. You can check them after, immediately after church. And I would have done that. I would have said, hey, sorry, guys. I normally hang out. Got to go. And, you know, they would have been there, um, you know, an extra hour and a half. It's like I said, 10.35 an hour would make 11.35. Hour and a half to, yeah, 12, you know, probably I probably got there between 12.30 and, and, and 1 o'clock to the house. JD would have got there, you know, four and a half or so hours later. And so it just sucks because, you know, I, I, I try to just, I, my idea was to make everything work and it did not. And I'm not going to be doing it again. JD's fine with it. Everybody's fine with it. And I, I like I said, if I would have communicated, um, then it wouldn't have been a problem. Um, I don't know. It was, it just, it sucks. And, uh, you know, like I said, I hold myself to some pretty high standards when I'm, when I'm asked to do things, I'm, you know, can be a people, people pleaser and trying to do everything I can. And, and it just, it, uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't always work out the way you want it. And, and Sunday was, was that, um, yesterday was pretty good. And my Monday was good, and hopefully yours was um, as well. Um, other than that, uh, we don't have uh, no two-minute warning. Uh, just so much kind of going on, and, and um, definitely would have been a lot longer than two minutes. And 
So we're just gonna go ahead and, and get into it. I think uh we'll go um we'll go coyotes, diamondbacks, and then and then suns. Um Diamondbacks and Coyotes will have uh, games that I'll talk about that happened yesterday. And Suns just has a, a Sunday game. And then I'll also um, mix in um, the Rising in with, with my co- Coyotes talk. So uh, Coyotes and Rising up, up next. I don't have a Rising sounder like I do the Coyotes. So I will just, uh, just know that when I play that Coyote sounder um, that I'll talk uh, Rising first. Um, but just kind of give her a little bit of rundown of the show should be a good one. And, uh, I hope I didn't make you exhausted, uh, telling my Sunday story. Cause I know when I mentioned it to my sister, she's like, my goodness, I'm tired listening to that. You know, not, she wasn't tired of hearing about it, which is tired of listening to it because it was just so much, you know, thought and, and whatnot. But anyway, um, Coyotes and in, in Rising up next on uh, Big Sky Sports Talk. As I mentioned during the last beautiful part of the program, talk some Rising, so I'll go ahead and talk Rising right now. Um, they had a, a game on Sunday, and it ended in a 2-2 two two draw. It was against uh, San Diego uh, Loyal, um, and um, the Rising actually, uh, you know, scored the first two goals, and then uh, San Diego scored the next two goals, and ended in ended in a, a tie. Um, felt good at the beginning until San Diego came back and tied it up, and then that would be the. Um, the end of it. Twenty-three fouls called on the rising, ten on San Diego, um, five yellow cards for the rising, one on San Diego, um, six corner kicks for the rising, five for San Diego, and uh, three saves for the rising, and four for uh, San Diego. Um, the let's see. Um, first goal, as I said, was, uh, a Phoenix rising, uh, goal. And it was about, um, 35 minutes into the, uh, first half. Um, and it was, uh, scored by, um, Manuel, um, Ortega. Um, left-footed uh, uh, shot to the uh, um, center of the uh, of the goal over um, to the b- bottom left corner is is kind of how it uh, it went, and then um, at let's see where is it. Um, 63 minutes in, another goal, and uh, Manuel uh, scored again, and this was a right-footed, um, bottom left, uh, shot. So he did left, and then he did right, um, and then 
72 minutes in. Um, it was a San Diego goal, so not too terribly long. And then 80 minutes in, San Diego tied it up. Um, and then it would the match ended. Um, at uh, at 96 uh, total total minutes, there was a uh, uh, six minutes worth of um, extra time uh, played. Um, but yeah, it was just one goal before halftime, and then all the rest, um, you know, be, um, three goals, two from San Diego and one from the rising in in the second half. Uh, that's about it. So, um, rising have one loss and one tie on the season. Uh, they will play um, Greenville. In uh, just a couple of days, um, in fact, actually, um, tomorrow, um, it's on the 5th, and uh, it'll be 8.30. Um, but now, on to some um, Coyotes. Coyotes um, haven't been playing well uh, down this uh, last uh, stretch. We'll go into... Uh, was it Saturday? Um, uh, nope. Yes, yeah, Saturday. Um, no. Um, hold on. I want to double check. Yes. Saturday. Saturday they played San Jose. They lost 7-2. to against San Jose, and then, of course, they had the um, loss to the Stars um, on the 31st. So, um, or it was at the 30th. But still, they're, you know, tracking a couple of uh, losses in the first period. Three unanswered goals by San Jose um, at the minute 30 mark. Um, 8.38. On a power play, and then an unassisted uh, goal at 13:02. Finally, 17:07 in the first period. J.J. Moser on a power play with Matisse Michelli uh, gives the Yotes their uh, first goal. Second period, um, a uh, San Jose goal early um, at the 141 mark on a power play. And then there would be nothing else until the third period. Um, eight minutes in, San Jose with their fifth goal. And then ten, uh, two minutes and ten seconds later at 10-10 mark, another San Jose on a power play, 6-1. to one. And then 14-47, 7-1. Um, and then 15-10, um, Kelman with uh, Jack McBain on the assist. 7-2 would uh, be the final. So started off three unanswered goals by San Jose and then four unanswered goals between the second and the, and the third period. And uh, it was it was rough um, Saturday for the Coyotes. San Jose, 31 shots on goal with um, 19 block shots. Um, Coyotes, uh, also 31 shots on goal with uh, only six block shots. 
Um, 27 face-offs won by the Coyotes at 40.9%. San Jose 39 uh, face-offs won at 59.1%. Power play opportunities. Um, San Jose had seven power play opportunities, so many power play opportunities as they had goals and they converted on three of them. Uh, San Jose, or the uh, Yotes had two goals and two power play opportunities. So both teams had the same amount of power play opportunities as they scored or um, as total goals scored, 50% for Coyotes um, as they only capitalized on one. Seven penalties for 14 minutes on the Coyotes and two penalties for four minutes for San Jose. Six takeaways and 14 giveaways for the Yotes and 10 takeaways and 10 giveaways for San Jose. Um, so that is that first game. We'll go ahead and uh, get into um, Valley Sports kind of giving us a little bit, bit of a breakdown. Have to recap almost all of the goals, save for one. Let's see how it all started. Ooh, all right, I will do my very best, but unfortunately just a really rough turnover from Jack McBain. Got the scoring going for Gregor, and that is uh, not where you want to be if you're Jack McBain. Next goal popped in by Peterson. That was a power play goal. This is a, a huge issue for Arizona tonight. Three power play goals for San Jose. And then this one, I have to admit, I played at Harvard when Kyle Criscolo was there. So seeing his first NHL goal in person was pretty special. Not ideal if you're a Coyotes fan, though. The Coyotes did battle back, though. This was a, a key moment where they suddenly were within two. The game seemed manageable at this point, and then it just totally slipped away. It did. That was at 17.07 of the first on the power play, so it is manageable, but it was all San Jose after that. It really was, and, you know, you look at this beautiful pass. Eric Carlson continues to put up the points. What about that shot from Gushkin? That was unbelievable, just right up under the bar. And the Sharks, they just never went away tonight. I mean, they played a full 60 while the Coyotes were struggling to string together two or three goals. This one, Barrett Hayton, this has been his MO throughout this season, being in front of the net, being scrappy, doing whatever it takes. Unfortunately, this got called off. I thought that was the right call. I don't know what you yeah, saw, Todd, but, man, that was that was definitely covered. I do love the effort, though, but Noah Gregor's night was only heating up. Unbelievable. And, you know, unfortunately, that one, you look at it initially and you think that Prozvatov wasn't really able to handle it. I think that tipped off of uh, a skate, unfortunately. And then, once again, power play goal. They were just getting absolutely shelled tonight. And there was another one by Gregor, the hat trick that you saw with leave a goal out on the line and we'll get to that in a moment bit of an anomaly here though first career goals by teammates last two occurrences in national hockey league history coyotes were a part of one of them back on april 12 2022 against the new jersey devils and then you see the sharks here tonight zettelin <laughs> there's an interesting twist to that we thought we would throw that out there you can hear the frustration um in lindsey fry's voice uh, she's like, oh, <laughs> just before she even gets started and 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 breaking it down, um, and then they played uh, last night as well. Got stomped by the Seattle Kraken, eight to one. Um, the only goal scored for the Coyotes was Lawson Krause with uh, Matisse Michelli um, at uh, four forty four of the second period. 
Um, that brings them within one. But we'll jump back up to the first period. Uh, 454 on a power play. Um, it's one nothing Seattle. And then 1507. Um, they were shorthanded. It was a shorthanded goal. Um, two to nothing. Then Lawson crosses goal in the second period. And then um, uh, it would be, of course, um, Seattle the rest of the way. 1158, 3 to 1. 1503, 4 to 1. Third period we go. Uh, one uh, minute and 18 seconds in. Um, Seattle, 5 to 1. 1101. Six to one, eighteen oh five on a power play, seven to one, and then nineteen thirty three, um, eight to one, just absolutely dominated, um, two unanswered, and then one, two, three, four, five, uh, six more unanswered goals for a total of eight total goals, and um, just rough, 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 rough stuff. Um, team stats, uh, Coyotes, 21 shots on goal with, uh, 12 blocked shots. Seattle, 32 shots on goal with 16 blocked shots. Uh, 26 face-offs won for the Coyotes at 44.8% and 32 face-offs won for the, uh, Kraken at 55.2%. Uh, power play opportunities for the Coyotes. They had three, couldn't convert. Um, Seattle had seven and converted on two of them. Um, so the penalty kill pretty good for that many goals uh, for um, for the Coyotes, but obviously it did, doesn't matter when you're getting stomped. Um, total penalties uh, uh, for the Coyotes, 11 for 49 minutes. That's um, like two halves almost. That's that's crazy. Um but Seattle, they had six for 31 minutes, so at least one half of uh, worth for them. Um, ten takeaways, only uh, three giveaways for the Coyotes. Um, in Seattle, they had 13 takeaways and four giveaways. Um, before we get into Bally Sports, I just kind of um, go since um, since March. Um that's been, um, wow. If I'm looking at this right, they haven't won a game since uh, the Blackhawks, the four to two win. So one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight. Eight-game losing streak dating back to that Blackhawks game was um, March 18th. So it's been a rough go for the Coyotes. You, I kind of expected them to play a little bit better since they've had uh, quite a few home games and they've done so well at home, but um, not so much now. Um, they'll play um, the Kraken again in... Uh, a couple more days on the 6th. So um, that will be, let's say, Tuesday is the 5th. Wednesday, so they'll play them again on Wednesday. 
Uh, and then they're, they'll be back at home for the last three games. So last two home games uh, going on right now in Seattle. Um, and uh, that's it pretty much. Um, here is, well, how it all went down. One of the early problems was certainly special teams and the Seattle Kraken pounced and it was Jordan Everly on the power play. Yeah, beautiful setup play here. The Coyotes couldn't get the puck out of the zone and Matty Beneers zipping this puck around. This ends up on the stick of Sprong and he finds Everly in the middle of the ice. The shot pass, the redirection, no chance on the play there for Ivan Prozvatov. And then they come back down the ice shorthanded again. Matty Beneers, beautiful pass to McCann and McCann, an absolute dart. That was the shorthanded goal. And here was the one positive on the game. Lawson Kraut getting in on the forward check. This was a start the second period. Beautiful play there by Matias Michelli. Look at this pass. Kraut gets open, puts a stick down on the ice for a target, and Michelli finds him. And that is where I thought they would really come back in this hockey game. It was 2-1 to one at that point. They had no answer after that. Though. Yeah, but then the defenseman, Carson Soucy, just kind of gets lost. Left side. He picks up a puck. As it come up, comes around, and Vince uh, Dunn was terrific all night. There's the spot for Susie, and that made it 3-1, and they were on their way, Tyson. Yeah, coverage, again, was an issue in this hockey game. That was not Susie to get lost in coverage. And here was another play here, but again, McCann watched his dirty toe drag around Balamaki, posting in. Beautiful shot there, his 37th of the season. More forechecking pressure here put on by the Kraken, and a real good opportunity there. They did not convert on that one, but they do here. Another defenseman all alone, no one home for the Coyotes in front of Ivan Prozvatov, and they make no mistake. Yeah, and then we get a little bit of the rough stuff. This game uh, started to get out of hand late, probably about the last five or six minutes of the hockey game. Josh Brown got a double minor in a game misconduct. He went after Ryan Donato and uh, Paul Heck broke loose. Thursday should be interesting. Tyson, the final numbers, they're lopsided. They're provided by Crest Insurance. Face-offs, we talk about that all the time. The, the Coyotes, uh, you know, were decent in that department. But you look at the special teams. Again, 0 for 3 for the Coyotes. Unable to generate anything off of that. They allowed a shorthanded goal again. So that goes against their power play. And again, discipline, Matty. They took seven penalties in this hockey game. Mind you, a few of them late in this hockey game. But I hope that they come out in that game on Thursday night. Again, a rematch against the Kraken with that same fight they finished. Remember how this one felt. It's an 8-1 spank. And sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes you're the nail. And the Coyotes were the nail here tonight. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, and with that, we'll go ahead and move on to some Diamondbacks. That's going to be next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Three games to talk about for the Diamondbacks. We'll start it off with uh, where kind of where we left off. They were in the middle of a... Um, Four-game set against uh, the Dodgers after uh, tying this series up on, on Friday. We go into uh, Saturday, and uh, Mad Bum on the mound, and it was ugly early as he had four innings. He pitched five earned runs, only two strikeouts. He walked four, 
he was up against Clayton Kershaw, who had uh, pitched six innings, one on a run, nine strikeouts, no walks. Uh, just just rough. Um, five runs um, in the first um, alone for the Dodgers. Um, um, Walker homered uh, off of Clayton Kershaw. The only run that he gave up it, at that point it was one to five in the second, and then um, the other five runs between the fifth and the eighth. Um, three in the uh, fifth, um, one more in the seventh, and then um, one more in the um, in the eighth for the uh, for the Dodgers. Ten uh, one would be that final score. Kyle Lewis, the DH, he went uh, one for four. Um, Ketel Marte, 0 for 4. Um, Guriliel, uh, 0 for 4. Christian Walker, 2 for 3 with a, uh, um, home run. And, uh, that also, he <laughs> hit himself in, so counts as an RBI as well. Um, and then, um, let's see. Uh, Herrera, uh, 0 for 1 on a pitch hit. Um, Pitch hit, pinch hit. Evan Longoria, who's over three, and then uh, Perdomo over one. Um, let's see. Uh, Corbin Carroll over three. Nick Ahmed one for three. Um, Moreno one for three, and then Alec Thomas over three. Um, I already mentioned Mad Bum, four innings pitch, four hits, five earned runs, four walks, only two strikeouts. Uh, um, Kevin Ginkle, he pitched an inning, two, he, uh, two hits on him, three earned runs, one walk, and one strikeout. Uh, Solcer, two innings pitch, one hit, one earned run, two strikeouts, and then Vargas, one inning, um, one hit, uh, one earned run, and also, uh, two uh, two strikeouts. Arizona, uh, one run on five hits. The Dodgers, ten runs on eight hits and an error. And that's how uh, that one goes down. And then, uh, so Dimebacks uh, are down in the series. Three to two. Um, but uh, Sunday comes and they uh, get the series uh, uh, tie tie it up. Um, Andrew Chafin gets the win in in relief. Um, two thirds innings pitched, zero on runs, two strikeouts, and only a, a walk. Um, McGuff gets the uh, save in uh, two thirds innings pitch, no on runs, one strikeout, and no walks. Um, Will Smith for the um, Dodgers, um, two uh, one run in the only run that was scored in the in the first, and then Perdomo in the fifth doubled to right, and uh, Corbin Carroll scored that ties it up one one, and then in the ninth, Jack McCarthy reached on a bunt single, Guriel um, and uh, Guriel scored two to one, and Cor- uh, Corbin Carroll um, made it a third. 
Um, Josh Rojas, he was 0 for 4. Cattell Marte, 1 for 4. Uh, Gurliel, uh, 2 for 4 and a run. Um, Christian Walker, 2 for 4. Uh, Corbin Carroll, 1 for 4 and a run. Uh, Jake McCarthy, 1 for 3 and an RBI. Alec Thomas, 0 for 4. Uh, Perdomo, 2 for 3 and an RBI. Herrera, um, 0 for 3. Zach Davies had a great night. He had um, five innings pitch, four hits, one run, run, two walks, and four strikeouts. Um, Nelson, one inning, uh, two strikeouts. Uh, Castro, one and two-thirds, uh, one walk and two strikeouts. Andrew Chafin, uh, two innings pitch, the walk and two strikeouts. And then um, McGuff, uh, two-thirds innings pitch. And uh, a strikeout for for him. Um, here is uh, the recap from um, from Valley Sports. At the time, this is kind of what we expected from yeah. D-backs baseball coming out of spring training. Speed on the bases, take advantage of situations. Jake told Jody, I saw some room on the right side. Bruce Dark Grandwell is a guy that doesn't bounce off the mound extremely well, so Jake took advantage. And the quality of the bunt as well. I mean, that was gorgeous. It got the winning run home across. Doing it in a perfect spot. Could have been just a little bit harder, but now we're being picked. Well, that's one of the stories of this Diamondback season so far. Of course, the speed on the bases. Another is this rebuilt bullpen. And boy, it was working beautifully here today. Absolutely. If you're going to play a lot of close games like it appears the Diamondbacks are going to, a lot of things have to go well, none more so than your bullpen. Miguel Castro came in just flame on. Not only the big fastball sinking, but that hard slider was really effective. The Sheriff made a appearance in the ball game today some big outs for the sheriff he got a save the other day he got the win today and how about scott mcguff making his first major league appearances in eight years gets his first ever save yeah you don't want to put too much pressure on a young man or too many expectations but boy looking at his stuff uh, he, he's going to play well in that bullpen late in ball games got a multi-year deal to come over from japan and uh, finish games for the diamondbacks and you can see why right there um and then let's see where am i all right um this is how uh the uh game ended um that would uh get the uh split with the dodgers after four games one two pitch Bounce to first. Walker's there. McGuff covers, and he's got his first big league save. And the Diamondbacks have a four-game split at Dodger Stadium. Another two-to-one win. D-backs like those close games. Well, this was hard fought and well-earned. Zach Davies did a tremendous job. Andrew Chafin has twice now contributed to Diamondback wins after rejoining the team. And Scott McGuff has Major League save number one. 2-1 year final. D-backs win it. Back with more in a moment. And then um, it was uh, Jake McCarthy talking about his, his bunt. Um, and... Uh, what he saw, they kind of mentioned in that um, art. You kind of mentioned it or heard it earlier um, in the post-game report. 
um, from the from the guys, uh, but uh, that he said, "Hey, I just uh, found a, found a hole." And so here with uh, Jody Jackson is um, uh, Jake McCarthy. Um, I just took a took a look over to the right side of the infield and I saw that you know they were playing back. Figured it was a good situation. I figured I was getting something uh, hard and inside. So uh, you know I'm fortunate enough to get the bunt down and uh, you know just make a play. That's what we saw you do last year. Use that speed, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of the year, uh, you know, when I was swinging, the balls weren't dropping or going through. So I figured try to get creative. We saw you get hit on the hand earlier. Did that factor into the bunk? No, no. Uh, the swing I took in the uh, the last at bat, it felt good. I think it, it's fine. Uh, but it, I just again, I just saw an opening in the right side of the infield and figured, you know, let's make a play. This Diamondbacks team, they have a lot of uh, speed and uh, probably going to win a couple of games. Uh, interesting, though, the four games – both uh, two to one wins for the uh, Diamondbacks, kind of somewhat of a pitching duel for both games, and then uh, the wins for the Dodgers were um, the uh, Diamondbacks get absolutely um, blitz creaked, um, and uh, it kind of stinks. Um, and then this one's kind of rough. They they are in, uh, started a um, three game set. No, excuse me, two game set against the Padres. Um, they're already um, in line to have to split this one if they can win um, uh, today. But uh, uh, they lose to the Padres five to four, um, and uh, in in a uh, a close one. Um, uh, Scott McGuff. Charged with a loss, um, two in runs. Uh, he gave he gave up. In first uh, inning, Juan Soto homer to center, and uh, it's two to nothing in favor of uh, the uh, Padres. Second inning, Nick Ahmed singled and Longoria scored. It's one to two. Um, uh, later in the second inning, um, Moreno grounded into a double play, and then uh, Corbin Carroll scored. It's 2-2, two to two. second inning. Um, Manny Machado single to right. Um, Odor scored 2-3, to three. seventh inning. Uh, Corbin Carroll homer, 3-3, three to three. ninth inning. Longoria homered, gives the Diamondbacks lead 4-3, to three. and then it all unraveled in the ninth. Uh... uh Dahl, um, homered four to four, and then also in the um, fourth uh, fourth inning and the ninth, uh, Kim homered, and that would be the final uh, four to five. Kittel Marte one for four, uh, Kyle Lewis uh, over four, uh, Gurry L, excuse me, one for four, Alec Thomas. Um, he had a, uh, over, um, I don't even know why that says anything. Um, yeah, well, he didn't even have a, a bat, but I don't know why he's mentioned. But anyway, Christian Walker, 0 for 3, Longoria, 2 for 4 with two runs, um, a home run and an RBI. Um, Corbin Carroll, 
He was uh, three for four, two runs, a home run, and RBI for him as well. Nick Ahmed, two for four, um, an RBI scored. And then um, Moreno, 0 for four. And Jake McCarthy, 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 0 for three. Ryan Nelson uh, got shelled a little bit, five innings pitched, six uh, uh, hits, three on runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Solcer, um, one and a third, uh, two walks and two strikeouts. Castro, uh, two-thirds innings uh, with a strikeout. Andrew Chafin, one um, inning. And then McGuff, the two hits, two earned runs um, to uh, in the ninth on, on a uh, San Diego uh, walk-off. Here is the game recap on Valley Sports. First, a start of the season and struggling with his command. Juan Soto takes him deep for his uh, first home run of the season. And that was a, a tough start for Ryan Nelson, but he steadied the ship and went five innings. Then Corbin Carroll with a chance to tie the game here, seventh inning, and he... Uh, ends up hitting this home run, his first of this season. Top of the ninth, tie game, and Evan Longoria comes up facing Steven Wilson, who had a lot of success with the previous batters in that eighth inning. But 4-3, the D-backs take the lead, and the dugout comes to life. Scott McGuff, who got the save yesterday in L.A., comes out for the bottom of the ninth, and the save, David Dahl, pinch hit homer to tie it at four. And then the next batter, Kim... Takes McGuff deep and just a very tough loss for the D-backs who battled back all game long. Just a very tight game both ways. Uh, the ball was really flying here tonight, especially in the ninth inning. Yeah, it was a rough uh, ninth in, indeed. Um, I have, uh, let's see, let me get to it. Um have some Tori Lavelle actually just kind of talking about uh, how the uh, how the game went and how it unfolded and and just like I said talking about that rough uh, ninth inning. Let me get to Tori. Where's there's Tori? Let me get it going. Boom! Sync it up and uh, some real quick. Tori Lavelle, his thoughts on the game. What were you thinking just after Evan hit that homer? Uh, that we were in a really good spot. You know, we had, we had kind of sold out to certain matchups. It was working. Um, you know, we're up by a run with with McGuff coming in the game. I felt very good about it. Um, uh, that's that's the beauty of this game. It, it can it can change quickly. He just he made a couple mistakes without pitches, and and that was the difference in the game. I mean, obviously, yesterday he didn't have the same struggle. What were you seeing with with him today? Yeah, I just feel like it was uh, the first batter. I thought the the velo on the fastball was real good, um, and just missed with a with an up splitter, and then it looked like the same thing to um, to the final hitter. But um, look, it's it's hard to hit a pinch hit home run in this game, right? And it happened, um, and. You know, I I feel like we got to find a way to regroup in that situation and, and make something good happen. But we got clipped. We got clipped for back-to-back -back home runs, and there's nothing we can do about it. We got to move on and get ready for tomorrow. On the bright side of things, how did you like the way the team was battling? Yeah, it was a battle. It was a little bit of a fistfight for us the whole day. Um, 
uh, Nelly, I thought after two innings, um, I, I told myself I'd be pleasantly surprised if he got us through five, and he just really settled in. He started to land the breaking ball, maybe pitching backwards. He saw the things that were working. He and um, Moreno got into a real good rhythm. So that was the first the first battle. Um, and then we just scratched out a couple of runs. Um, they, they, they score a run. Um, on a ground ball off the end of Machado's bat that goes off the first base bag, and we had to regroup from that. But we we fought hard today, but we just came a little short. Yeah, I said uh, Ryan Nelson got shelled again. I guess I'm more so thinking of his uh, last start in spring training. He got uh, rocked a little bit. Um, but uh, to uh, finish out this, this uh, six-game road trip, Four against the Dodgers and two against the Padres. Um, we have um, who's going for the uh, for the Diamondbacks uh, today? Duh, where are we at? Do 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 do. It looks like it's gonna. Oh, yep. Rotation starts over again. That makes sense. Um, Zach Allen against a. Uh, um, Hugh Darvish, so should be a good one. Hopefully, Zach Allen can go ahead and and uh, bounce back after his uh, first start. If they do, then uh, Diamondbacks and and get a, if they can get a win, they'll be three and three right now. They're in two or three on the season, and um, it'll make uh, San Diego three and three as well with with a uh, with a loss. So, um, and then they'll finally have their home opener. Against the same Dodgers they faced um, um, after a uh, uh, day off a, a, um, on a um, travel day, and then then they'll play on Thursday. Um, so there's uh, there's everything. Diamondbacks three games uh, covered, and uh, including one that happened uh, yesterday. Um, then we got, got some suns, a lot of it, even though there's only one game, still a lot to talk about and a lot to get into. Um, that's going to be up next on uh, big sky sports talk. Suns remain undefeated with Kevin Durant. In the uh, lineup, uh, Sunday they played Oklahoma City, uh, and they win it one twenty-eight to one eighteen. Kevin Durant thirty-five points, thirteen of twenty-one from the field, perfect at the line, six of six. SGA Shea Gildress Alexander thirty-nine points, eleven of twenty-two from the field, and all perfect at the line as well, seventeen of seventeen. DeAndre Ayton, 11 rebounds, 9 defensive, 2 offensive. Josh Giddy, 9 rebounds, 8 defensive, and 1 offensive. Devin Booker, 10 assists, 5 turnovers, 37 minutes. Josh Giddy, 8 assists, 1 turnover, and 35 um, minutes. Uh, Suns, uh, they uh, had a really big second um, quarter uh, 42 points, and they held the Thunder to 28. Um, and then, um, unfortunately, uh, not a terrible third, but they gave up 34. 
uh, to the Thunder in the third, only scoring 29. Um, but most games, it seems like they have give up a lot of 30-point quarters. This game was only one, and uh, they um, match point for point in the first period, 27 points to 27 points. They already mentioned that second um, quarter. And then the third, Suns um, lose that one 34-29, but um, one extra point difference in the fourth, 30-29, but because of that uh, big uh, second quarter, that's the reason why you have a 10-point uh, W for 128-118. to 118. For the Suns, Kevin Durant, 35 minutes, 13 of 21 from the field, 3 of 7 from uh, deep, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 35 points. Josh Okogie, 26 minutes, 1 of 2 from the field, 0 of 1 from deep, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 4, four points. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 31 minutes, 8 of 12 from the field, 11 rebounds, and... Um, 19 points, a double-double for him. Chris Paul, um, he was in uh, foul trouble with five fouls. He had 32 minutes, 5 of 9 from the field, 2 of 5 from deep, 3 rebounds, 8 assists, and 16 points. Devin Booker also in foul trouble. He, he only had four, though, but in 37 minutes, 8 of uh, 14 from the field, 1 of 5 from deep, 5 rebounds, 10 assists, and 22 points, a double-double for him. Um, Ish Wainwright. Eight minutes, one on one from the field. It was from deep. One rebound, three points. Troy Craig, twelve minutes, three of five from the field. One of two from deep. One rebound, one assist, eight points. T.J. Warren, eleven minutes, two of five from the field. Two of four from deep. One rebound, one assist, and six points. Bismack Biyombo, fifteen minutes, one of one from the field. Six rebounds. And three points. Cameron Payne, nine minutes, two of four from the field. One of two from deep. Three assists and um, five points. Um, he and Tori Craig also had five fouls on them. And then Landry Shamit, 12 minutes, two of five from the field, two of five from deep, one, or excuse me, seven points. Um, and then Terrence Ross, 11 minutes, two, oh of two from the field, oh of two from deep, two rebounds, one assist. Uh, he did not score. Um, and then Oklahoma City, Jalen Williams, uh, 20 minutes, 2 or 3 from the field, 1 or 2 from deep, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 7 points. Jalen Williams <laughs> as well, 35 minutes, 5 of 12 from the field, 1 of 3 from um, deep, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 12 points. Um, SGA, 38 minutes, 11 of 22 from the field. Three rebounds, five assists, 39 points. Josh Giddy, 35 minutes, five of 16 from the field, two of seven from deep, nine rebounds, eight assists, 16 points. Lou Dort, uh, 39 minutes, four of 14 from the field, two of seven from deep, eight rebounds, two assists, 14 points. Dario Sarge, 14 minutes, two of three from the field, two of three from deep, two rebounds, one assist, two points, um, or two um, excuse me, two rebounds, one assist, eight points. Uh, Waters, 10 minutes, 0 of 3 from the field, 0 of 3 from deep, six rebounds, and one point he got to the line. Um, Dang, 
um, five minutes, 0-1 from the field, 0-1 from deep, and zero points. Isaiah Joe, 22 minutes, uh, two of six from the field, one of three from deep, one rebound, one assist, seven points. And then um, Wiggins, 22 minutes, five of eight from the field, two of three from deep, one rebound, and 14 um, points. Uh, team stats, Suns, they were 46 of 81, 56.8% uh, from deep, 13 of uh 34, 38.2%, and at the line, 23 of 28, 82.1%. The Thunder, 36 of 88, um, 40.9% from deep, 11 of 32, 34.4%, and then at the line, uh, 35 of 41, 85.4%. Um, Thunder out-rebounded the Suns 41-38 to with 13 offensive and 28 defensive. Suns had 5 offensive and 33 defensive. Uh, however, Suns 31-21 to in assists. Um, Thunder 7-4 to in steals, but um, blocks go the Suns' way 6 to nothing. Um, 8 turnovers for the Thunder, 13 for the Suns. Only 7 points given up for the Thunder, 14 for the Suns. Uh, fast break points six to two in favor of the Suns. Both teams had forty six points in the paint. Uh, twenty uh, twenty three fouls called for the Thunder. Thirty for the Suns. Uh, three technical fouls. Um, however, for Oklahoma City, largest lead of the game sixteen for the Suns. Seven for Oklahoma City. Um, here is um the uh um post game show from Bally Sports. Um pretty much the whole thing. So uh, it's been good that I've been able to able to uh get it the last uh, couple of games. Uh I know I enjoy it. I hope you guys do too. All right, so book goes with the headband. Suns going after win number five in a row. And a perfect 6-0 with KD, who is fueled by the Boo Birds in Oklahoma City. Book and the Suns leading most of the way, up by 16 in the first half. But Shea and the Thunder, full of fight. He finished with 39 points. OKC within three late, but Durant doing it all. Scoring and then coming up with the sweet swat. Down the stretch, Suns win by 10. Welcome to Suns Live Postgame, presented by Sweet James. Suns are still perfect with Kevin Durant on the floor. Sophie Cunningham, Tom Chambers, very exciting end to this game and good late game execution as we're joined now from Oklahoma City by Chris Paul. What did you think of the late game execution and where is your comfort level right now with Kevin Durant? It was pretty good. We defense still got to get better. A lot of fouls. I was mad at myself for a lot of threes I passed up. Just still trying to get used to it. You know, we're going to use these last few games. Playing with a great player like that, I'm I'm the one now getting some of the open shots. I'll tell you what, Chris, uh, it, it's got to be nice having him standing over in that corner when the game's getting tight. And you know, if you do what you do, you draw the defenders, and you're going to get him over there in that three-point corner. You got to feel comfortable with that. Yeah, it's a play we've been running for years, man. And the third time we ran it, I got a stupid turnover. But it's just reads, you know. What I mean, the way Dab on the rim, book. A lot of teams usually got to stay attached, so. Hopefully it's something we can uh, keep running. 
CP, what's up, my boy? <laughs> Sophie, what up, Sophie? <laughs> How come they always smile at Sophie? They never smile when they talk to us. Guys, because you're not as fun as me. <laughs> so anyway, um, no, I want to talk about the first quarter. What it, what's it going to take for you all to, to start off strong and then, you know, kind of do what you did in the second quarter and then the third and fourth? But that first quarter, I mean, it's crucial. It's a good question, Sophie. I said something to uh, Coach about it, and I told Book, you know, it's funny getting used to each other when we start the game off. I think we sort of trying to figure out what to run, who to go to, instead of just playing. You know, and that's, that's something that we learning. You know, we learning this thing on the fly, and I think we got to figure out how to just run the jump ball after the first play, just go out, hoop like we playing pickup, and figure out the plays later. All right, great stuff. Chris, uh, I mean, a busy day. You were with Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird earlier in the day, and now you get a little Sophie yeah, Cunningham postgame show. Wait, real quick, though. I, oh, didn't know that you, I didn't know that they were trying to make you walk on to North Carolina. I bet they're kicking themselves for that now. Yeah. What? I played JV basketball as a freshman and sophomore, you know what I mean? So they already had Raymond Felton coming there, but you know how I feel. You know, it made me work, made me work harder. I was a diehard Carolina fan as a kid. Um, they eventually offered me. But uh, it was it was way after the too fact. late. Yeah, <laughs> great story. Late bloomer, Chris Paul. Who knew? Uh, great stuff, CP. We'll see you back here in thanks, Phoenix. CP. Couple home games against San All right, Antonio. Appreciate y'all. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, great question, Sophie. Oh yeah, yeah. Tom's whatever. You know, yeah, no. whatever. smile at her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even dare ask him. I was gonna. I want to say, well, what about uh, yeah, book with the headband and you know all that kind of stuff? But he only smiles at her. You know, I'm just kind of, we're like chopped liver up here now. We'll just show up. You know? Second, hey. second, better do the one on one. I'm a late bloomer, too. I saw that fucking kid. That was a great story, though. Talk about being invited to be a walk on. Yeah, that's yeah, insane. Uh, really good stuff. But an important win for the Suns. Again, they're kind of messing around again. We saw this against Denver. They were without four of their starters. The Suns had a comfortable lead. And then all of a sudden, back comes Oklahoma City. And Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, lived at the free throw line, same, hitting all 17 of his free tosses. Dang, with him, it's like, you know, look at all the free throws they give him. This guy earns them. He is so good at drawing the fouls, at getting to the rim, at finishing over people, and now shooting well enough that you got to guard him honestly, man. He's a monster. Yeah. When he gets a couple other options around him, oh. Oh, yeah. And I will say, though, he, he is little, or he looks little, mm -hmm. but he can take contact. And, and he, his counter moves are insane. He just knows how to play the game. And like you said, once he can get a little uh, more help maybe on that mm -hmm. team, Watch yeah, out. Veterans, gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. Another veteran or two, especially next season, along with Chet Holmgren. Um, KD and OKC, it appeared like he enjoyed the chatter with the fans. The, the Boo Birds were out. Of course, started his career there with MVP in the league. And it's just, you keep watching his array. They talk about the, the skill set, the toolbox that he has. I mean, those shots are just unguardable. They are. I mean, this guy, how can you boo a guy that was an MVP and got your team to the final? Well, I guess because then he went to the team that beat us in the finals. But, I mean, he yeah, is just... Yeah, you'd be a little bitter. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe. Well, they were showing it out there, and he was loving it out there. And you see at the end of the game, I mean, pumping his fist, he was into this game. I mean, he was into this game. And that's the play we talked about with Chris Paul. I mean, yeah, if you have a guy like that over in the corner as an option, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's special. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I already said everything. And he matches his number, 35, but Sophie, awesome. 13 of those came in the fourth quarter when the Suns really needed it. Yeah, and it wasn't just offense, though. It was also his defensive yes. plays. Like you said, those blocks, you know, that's what gets the team going. If you see your star player getting involved on the defensive end and getting hype, I mean, then that's naturally going to lead into great offense. And so I think from top to bottom, he did a great yeah. job tonight. Back to Oklahoma City to join up with EJ, Eddie Johnson. Let's talk about the Suns bench because they looked so good in the first half, 22 bench points, but then they dropped off only seven bench 
points in the second half. Again, important win for the Suns. KD looked great. Booker was there, only took 14 shots. But do does Monty need to see more from his bench? I don't think so. I, I, again, guys, I'm going to tell you, it's by committee. And I think amongst those guys over there, you're going to get some good play out of a few of them every night. And that's all they need. They got four guys that's going to be on the floor majority of the game. And then everybody else is going to mix in. And, and I happen, if you're a coach, you have to envy what Monty has because he has a plethora of guys over there that they can step on the floor. And they're going to be wide open to shots. And they just have to defend, work hard on defense, obviously, as I just noted, and rebound the ball, make shots. Uh, so, no, I don't see an issue at all. It's going to be up and down, man, because they're going to go periods of time without getting shots. And so when you're not getting shots and you say Landry Shamit, he's not just a guy that's just going to go out there to defend like Torrey Craig and Josh Okogie. You know, he's going to want to feel the ball and touch it. So I think that's the challenge is just to figure out who has it going to any particular night and then ride with them. Well, the thing is, though, like tonight, for instance, Eddie, I mean, Terrence Ross did not have it going. So Landry Shamit got an opportunity. Torrey Craig gets in foul trouble. So Ish Wainwright gets an opportunity. So these guys got to be ready because you just don't know what you're going to have. And it may just fall right in your lap. You got to be ready. Yeah, that's it. And even if they don't make some shots that they're open with, it's not going to put the Suns in a precarious position because they got some snipers out there, you know? So, I mean, so it's not like the, the game is resting on their shoulders. I think the rhythm of the game is resting on their shoulders, right? Uh, that means KD and Devin and Kristen have to work as hard, but ultimately just don't mess it up, right? Don't just make mistakes. Don't throw the ball away. Take your shot when it's there. If you don't make it, get back on defense. Just don't compound the fact that you're missing shots. And I think that's why Josh is out there with that group mostly because he doesn't do that. Uh, you mentioned Landry Shammy. He did hit that late three, so it was 10 points for the bench in the second half. All eyes on the standings in the Western Conference for Suns fans. Suns started the day a game and a half up on the Golden State Warriors for that coveted fourth spot in the West and home court advantage in the first round. The Warriors in Denver right now. Still no Jokic for the Nuggets and Golden State leading by three over Denver. OKC, meanwhile, they're trying to secure that final play-in spot and they get the win dallas loses again but eddie as you look at this i mean right now it appears could be the suns and warriors in the first round golden state has struggled mightily on the road all season long so how important is it for phoenix not to drop any further down than fourth i would like to say this any other team that struggled on the road then i would probably say it'll probably carry over uh, but we're talking about a world champion. We're talking about a team that's won four titles. And so we can't depend on that. Uh, but, you know, I'll put our team up against anybody. Uh, I, I, that's how the way I look at it, uh, whether it's Golden State, whether it's the Clippers. And I don't think the Suns should even worry about who they're playing because they know ultimately they're going to play a good team. Matter of fact, I think everybody in the West will play a good team. I mean, the Denver Nuggets might wind up playing the Lakers. I mean, so that's how you look at it right now. And you just got to prepare yourself for the playoffs because the road is going to be extremely difficult to get through. But the great thing is you want to get home court advantage to start the playoffs. And that's what the Suns are fighting for. Well, certainly it looks like they're going to get that. You hope they're going to get that. But it's just crazy for me. I mean, the beginning of the season, you know, everybody predicts, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors will be like one, two, and three in the West. 
obviously they had injuries. You know, most teams have had to go through that. But to see the fifth and the sixth and the seventh team in the West are those three teams, which are those those teams. What do you call them? The the when you put all the stars together, kind of a thing, and hope it all lines out for you. It has not worked in the NBA, but those three teams can put the fear in the hearts of a lot of a lot of teams. They really can, Tom, and they believe they can win. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like they're going to go into the playoffs hoping. No, the Lakers talking about they can win the title, <laughs> and they just still in the play-in. I mean, really think about it. I mean, the mentality, the the Clippers, if Paul George can get healthy, they feel like they can win a title. Obviously, we feel like we can win a title. So you got a plethora of teams that feel like they can win the title. Maybe about four or five teams that really, truly believe the way their team is made up that they can win the title. I've never seen anything like this in my life. And that, that goes to show you the parity right now in the NBA. And you know what? I have another rule I want to send to Adam Silver. See, I truly believe, based on load management and teams positioning themselves, that I believe a team with the best record in the, in the West should be able to pick his opponent in the first round. That would cut out a lot of that stuff. It really would. It would cut out a lot of that stuff. That, that's the Why not? Yeah. They earned it. They oh, earned yeah. it. That would be bulletin board material for sure. I was about to say. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Oh, that's funny. Let's enjoy it when Eddie Johnson becomes commissioner. Oh, yeah. NBA that's my idea, though. For a couple yeah. of minutes. It's always good stuff. Well, they, listen, they listened to me on the take file for a couple of years, they and they even gave to me you. credit mm -hmm. that I had a part in, in, in them changing it. So I'm going to keep going. I'm on the road. Can you, can, you, can you go ahead and tell Devin Booker that we don't like the headband? Can you go ahead and tell him that, too? I doubt if he wears it next game. <laughs> what about it was one game thing? Huh? Yeah, were you as surprised as these two? He's superstition, me? man. Yeah, yeah it's a superstition. Oh my god! It kind of came out of nowhere too. The so, a winning streak. Yeah, and Leander said he had a pimple on his forehead. He was <laughs> trying to cover he up. Had, Leander, he did that. That one right there. Yeah, that one. It wasn't yeah. supposed to make air. <laughs> well, we know he's not losing his hairline. We know he's not losing his hairline. <laughs> oh man, it's a headband. It's me. All right, he's thanks. Hey, Howard. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs> so, Sophie, as you look ahead, again, it, it's so easy to go, all right, who do you want to see the Suns play in the first round? But is it more important that they're just executing and coming together and developing the rotation? We've been talking about these themes for the last month, basically. Is that more important than trying to figure out who you're going to play in the first round? I think so, because if you get so worried about who you're playing, then your focus is all on them. And right now, the West is stacked. So, I mean, you're stressing out about all these good teams where we are finally healthy. Like, focus on yourself, and I think that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But I think it, that is the most important thing, is to be healthy, to get in rhythm. And I know that EJ doesn't really think that it doesn't matter if the bench is producing or not, but I think if you're trying to make a long playoff run, then you have got to, they've got to come consistently mm -hmm. and, and not foul and do the dirty work and get the rebounds and, and stay solid. So I do think that that bench really does matter in the long, or in the big picture. And maybe not the entire bench, but it's got to be one or two guys yes. that are going to step in, mm -hmm. kind of fill the void when, you know, one or two starters come out eventually. Absolutely, I agree with that. But it, it's so funny because right now the East is saying, oh, well, the West, they're not very good. Look at them. they got teams that are under 500 that have a chance to be in the play-in and be in the playoffs. And yet those teams are the Lakers, the Clippers, and Golden State mm -hmm. that are just getting into the position now. I'm like... Uh, which team back there wants to play those teams? That's mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> a great point by Eddie. Yeah. I mean, Golden State's road record during the regular season. Well, throw it out not the so much. Because yeah. they won their last two. Well, that, yeah, playing yeah. a whole lot better. All right, here we go. Unique Trucks first half highlights. Wow. Shea is the centerpiece of this young and exciting Oklahoma City team. And he came out 
shooting, looking for the opportunities, getting to the basket. Josh Okogi, that fifth starter for the Suns. And Phoenix took that double-digit lead in the first half. Booker flying in, headband at all. I'll tell you what, I mean, he is really, really good. This Suns team, though, they've got so many options. They've passed so well. Kevin Durant leading the team in assists in the first half, and then Book leads the team in assists in the game. So you see that they're making the right play. Nobody is looking to gun the basketball. Well, maybe that guy. Twice. <laughs> I've got two threes in the first half. Okay. <laughs> I think offensively, yeah, everyone can score, and they're, they're getting the ball into the right people's hands. But I do want to shout out to the defense of this game in particular because everyone was flying out on shooters. Everyone was kind of doing the scout. And so I do think, again, big picture moving forward that – uh, it does matter, and that's exactly what they did tonight. But, I mean, scoring-wise, Suns are great. Yeah, you still want to clean some things up. Great hustle there by Torrey Craig. But the Suns give up 13 offensive rebounds to Oklahoma City and 25 second chance points. So you know Monty and the assistant coaches are going back. They're looking at late-game execution. They're looking at those little details as they head toward the playoffs. Kevin Durant, again, just unstoppable, drawing the contact, shooting over every defender that comes at him. Biggest lead for the Suns in the first half was 15. They led by 14 at the break. KD and Book at that point combined for 28 points, and the Suns shot 61% from the field in the first half. Wendy's second half highlights KD so smooth, and the Suns trying to avoid a Another second half collapse. I'll tell you what, you and we're worried. I mean, this this team and there's, there's a lot of teams like they're not going to give up. So you know, Sophie mentioned the first quarter, yes, but then in the second half, you've got to stay with it because these teams are going to keep coming at you. And with him on the floor, they have a chance to win. Now they lost some games this year. A lot of them he did not play, and they'd be right in the heart of the playoff hunt if he had been played in all of those games. I do think sometimes that it's kind of easier when you're down by 15 because the locker room is like, hey, what are we doing? But sometimes when you're up by, you know, or have that digit lead in the first half, you know, you're coming out, you're like, hey, we're good, you know, we're a little bit more relaxed, but I think when you have this type of team, especially with KD, Book, and CP as your leaders, that everyone's just going to naturally follow them, but you know, Thunder did come back in this game, and yeah. it kind of scared all of us. Yeah, all those young guys, it's like a job interview <laughs> for all of them, except for Shea Gilgis, I mean, he is secure in his spot with his team, 17 points in the third quarter for Shea, he had 40 in the last meeting against the Suns, finishes with 39 at TC, there's your corner pocket guy. How would you like that guy just nice option. The for the short three? <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, and this is kind of the ex execution that we talked about for the Suns. Late in the game, finding D.A. inside for the stuff. Chris Paul and Devin Booker out top, but then they give it up here and Katie with the chase down. That uh, chase down block was uh, was nasty and, and I mean, ultimately uh, sealed the deal. Um couple times you mentioned the the uh, boo birds going on for Kevin Durant every time he touched the ball Monty gets asked about it we'll we'll, we'll play a little bit later uh, Kevin Durant he's asked about it but um, speaking of Monty we'll go ahead and get into um, his press conference and go into the Monty rundown you've seen Kevin do that time yeah here tonight when it's Okay, see, so doing what they do, like you say, don't give up on the game, and he gets such a huge shot. Let me speak to that a little bit. Well, I just think the the ability to be in the right spot, um, like those corner threes he got, you know, they were switching and they went small. Um, when you have him and Book on the same side, you know, you have to pick which one you want to help off of or help to because DA puts a lot of pressure on the rim. Um, but then, you know, the shots off the, the dribble, um, 
posting up. Like there's, you know, there's no, there's not a way that he can't score. And um, I think the thing that's <clears throat> nobody talks about with those kinds of players, they want those shots. Um, they're so used to having the ball in their hands. It's, you know, I wouldn't call it a luxury because I don't want to disrespect those moments, but guys work their tails off uh, to be ready for those shots. And he and Book are case in point. So that's what Kevin does. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm still surprised at how many people, why they boo him here. I don't understand that. You know what I'm saying? I, I think this fan base is one that I've respected for a long time. And I get it when you lose a guy like Kevin. Um, I think at some point, though, you have to appreciate, you know, what he meant to this organization. I know how tough it is to lose players because I've been in that position before when we lost Chris. But I just think these, you know, he, he loves the city. He knows what Sam and this organization meant to him. And I hope someday they can appreciate him. And I know it's not everybody, but when you hear that, you're like, man, that's, you know, I know it's the environment that we're in today, but that, that was... Um, I just feel for him because I know these people. I lived here and I know what they meant to me and my family. And so I just feel for him because I know he has nothing but love for these people. He just well, made a decision. I'm sorry, because I just wanted to follow it up with two things. One, um, Chris being able to find him on the mm -hmm. backside threes. And then two, Durant's chase down block because that could have easily got it to five. It was amazing. It was the, one of the one of those momentum changing plays. Um, and I, I learned that phrase here with Billy Donovan. He, he always talked about momentum changing plays. And that was, a, I don't know what the difference in the score was, but they, they had some momentum. Um, but that play, it, it's almost like um, the play against Kyrie in Dallas. You know, Kyrie has a free lane to the basket and Kevin comes out of nowhere and blocks it with his left hand, I think. so. We're just, you know, I've said this before about him. He, he's more than an offensive player. It's just that his offensive is so great. Sometimes you forget about his defense. Curious with the, the defensively. I know, I know that's what they do. They score it, but yeah, what just, you assess that tonight? I don't know. 40, 41 free throws. You know, there's a part of me where I'm just like, our guys are doing their best. You know, we're we're staying in front of them. Uh, he draws the contact and he gets to the line. So I, I don't know what else to. You know, I'm certainly not going to say anything crazy and lose any more money. I'm done with that. Um, I just think our guys, we did a decent job. There were times where um, the one where Torrey got hit in the face, he did reach on that one. So you have to, not all of the fouls are like offensive fouls. I, I wouldn't argue that. But I think the ones that when you're in a defensive uh, position, you know, you're just trying to keep the guy in front. You know, that's all you can do. But it's just the way it is. You know, I'd like the wins. We always talk about that. We're grateful for every win that we get. Um, but I, I'm more concerned with the wins and how we play. Uh, we had a two-for-one situation at the end of the third. That was not, that's not what we do. We usually, usually execute those uh, well. Um, and then they trap book a couple of times and we didn't get to our spots quick enough um, the way that we need to. So I love the wins and we got to keep winning um, just based on where we are at the same time. I want to be able to win 
and stack solid as best as we can. That's something we've talked about all year, just continuing to stack solid so that we can get a rhythm. And I think if we do that um, and the guys get used to playing with one another, I think we're going to be in, in, in good shape. Yeah, I think I didn't get a chance to ask you before the game about Popovich yeah. finally being inducted to the Hall of Fame. I just think it's the coolest thing. Um, I'm so happy for him. Um, he, he won't talk about it. He, he won't tell you how much you know he's honored by it. Um, I think once he gets in that position, he will. But for people like me who've been around him and seen the impact that he's had on the game of basketball, and being able to win at that level for so long, uh, for him to finally be recognized, I think it, it's a treat for him, for the kids, for the grandkids, for the people in San Antonio. And I think it's cool that he's being inducted with, I think, Tony and Becky. Um, I mean, the only thing better would have been, you know, doing it with Tim. But those would have been two of the shortest speeches in the history of the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies but I, I'm just I'm so happy for him um, I hope I get to well we'll see him here soon and um, I just know what he's meant to the game I know what he's meant to so many coaches and their families not just in the NBA but around the world because he's had such a huge impact on so many people and um, you want to talk about a guy who's used his platform for the betterment of people um, I think that's why we're here. And so for him to finally be inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, I'm, I'm probably more happy than, than he is because everybody, I'd have people ask me like, what do you think about Pop not being in yet? What do you think? And I, I would just be like, I don't know. Man. I, I don't understand the criteria. Um, talking about the best coach, maybe the best coach in the history of the game or at least in our generation. You know, I know there's a toss up between he and Coach Jackson. But I'm just grateful that I know him, and I'm, I'm glad he's finally in. That's all I got. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. That was uh, nothing but Dwayne Rankin asking questions. Uh, and that's why he's, like, the the best uh, reporter. I mean, him and Kellen probably, but uh, for, for the Suns. And then, you know, it's great to hear, you know, about how much Monty loves and appreciates uh, Greg Popovich, he's the best coach of all time, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, you you know, uh, Coach Jackson, but now Pop Pop takes a cake for me, and I'm glad that he finally uh, got in. Um, uh, continuing when Dwayne Rankin and and, and uh, all that will go to his Twitter pro- profile, and he talks to. Um, uh, to Kevin Durant, and we, we mentioned the boo, boo birds that happened every time he touched the ball. He asked uh, Kevin the, the same question pretty much. Yeah. How, how, how do you feel about it? I mean, I understand it. You know, it's a, uh, I meant so much to this community, and just for me to leave like that. Early on, I didn't get it, but I, I get that the NBA team is a part of your community, a player is so entrenched in your community. Um, you know, you feel closer to them. So I get it. I mean, it's still emotions. It's still some people who um, don't like that I left this, this franchise, but it was more love this time than it has been in the past. So uh, I just focused on that. 
Um, I had so many, so many great memories here, so many people I met that just changed my life, changed my view on life. So I'm forever be grateful to be a part of this organization. Yeah. How, how, how do you? Um, I hate when it repeats like that. Sometimes these videos, they end on cue and I re that one re repeated. It's annoying. Um, you know, he, I think that, you know, Kevin, um, answered it there and, and, um, coach said he doesn't understand why. And, and I think a lot of it still has to do with, you know, how he left and where he left, you know, he, he left to join a team that, uh, um, that you were, uh, you know, you were three, three to one, um, you had a three, one lead on them and, and, uh, um, that being the Warriors. And of course they, they came back and, and won that series. It was one at seven, seven to, uh, seven, four, uh, four, four to three. So. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, Kevin Durant um, talking about the the uh, threes that he he made on um, some of the three pointers that they were talking about. That you know, I asked, uh, you know, what's it like um, having you know these threes, wide open threes in in the system? He asked money, and so now he asked. Uh, um, Kevin Durant, the same thing. You're getting the backside three from, from Chris, and just, is this what you imagine in terms of basketball right now? Yeah, just, that's just good basketball. I mean, I was expecting us to play good ball, make the extra pass. Um, sometimes I'm not expecting my defenders to leave me like that, but um, CP can make any pass on the, on the floor, and he was able to find me there. So it's on me to finish the shot and, and, and you know uh, follow through on my fundamentals and later not couple down. Coach was saying that he's even surprised. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, I know, I know, we have quite a bit of Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, we have a little bit more. Uh, here's Kevin Durant. Um, talking about uh, his 35 point effort. Um, and uh, getting to his spots. You know, just. Just about really kind of how he felt. 30-point game in six games. What what was working, you feel like, for you tonight? Um, Just being more patient, um, getting to the spots that I want to get to, you know, being stronger with the handle. Um, just playing a slow-down game, you know. Uh, you know not playing, playing in an athletic position, I think. I think the first game I played, um, against Minnesota, I wasn't in an athletic position a lot, okay. so I just try to get down low as I can and be aggressive, and I was able to get some good shots to go down. It's been really complimentary of Shea's game. Going against him tonight, what, what are you kind of seeing from him as he continues to grow? Yeah, I've been following Shea since he was in college. Uh, just really, his size stood out and his length for his position stood out, so just watching him since then, just seeing... You know how crafty he's got with the basketball, knowing how to score at this level. I think that's one big adjustment that scores, natural scores. You got to come up here and now adjust to different ways to score with the timing and the refs and the sets and the spacing. So I think he's mastered who he wants to be on that side of the basketball. And with that length and athleticism, it's going to be tough to guard him. So uh, they got a bright future. Yeah, I know, like different personnel, different types of players, but 
does where this Thunder team is kind of remind you at all from when you guys first got here? Nah, no? nah. It's, I, I want to say it was, uh, they, they're a little bit more versatile, I think, than the team that we are. I think when we first got here, it was me, Jeff, Russ. Mm -hmm. Jeff, uh, the league wasn't turned over to this fast-paced small ball area. It was still too big, so um, they fit more of the NBA mode right now with the length. And they got Chet still way in, and they got a boatload of picks of guys, and I know they're going to target a lot more wings in the draft. So they got three or four guys, six, seven, six, eight, that can handle the ball. I wish I'd had that <laughs> back when I was here. Yeah. But, uh you know, they're building something special. Um, a little bit more. I think I have one more for uh, Kevin Durant. Yep, I do. Um, then we have uh, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Um, this is actually Kevin Durant on DeAndre Ayton. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and, and roll it. By some of the passes yeah. that you're giving him, because but you're seeing the space there for him to get it. How, how much do you feel like there's room to grow with you and him as yeah. far as collapsing? Yeah, there's definitely room to grow. I mean, the more reps that we can get, the better we can get. You know, DA is a huge target, and um, he can he has touch out to the midi. So if we can get him the ball and it's in this position to score, then that's going to make us even more dangerous. And uh, you know, sometimes I drive through him, his man going to come up and help. Sometimes to contest my mid range shots, and I can dump it off. So. I could be more better. I could be. I could be better in those situations and be more patient uh, and wait for DA a little bit more in the post. Uh, but we're gonna get better. At it. Last thing I had was uh, I asked you this before: Is the minute restriction off? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, uh, I played with 35 tonight, right. so it's creeping up there. <laughs> but we'll see what the rotations like. Anything I gotta be. I just gotta be prepared for any rotation. And I'm looking forward to uh, just figuring it out, man. That's what it's all about. That's all I got. Yeah. I think it is off. Um, you know, 35 minutes is he's probably going to be getting closer to 40 plus, but 35 is still pretty, pretty hefty load um, for sure. Um, this uh, for um, um, DeAndre Ayton actually had a pretty good night, uh, double double. Um, just talking about his his night in general um, with um, Dwayne Rankin. Yeah, I'm still learning because um, teams throw so many different defensive coverage at, at, at him and Book. So it was like I'm trying to like read it a little quicker than I normally do. Um, just get the spacing right as well just in case for a dump off pass. And just learning how to play circle ball, you know, after I set the screens and stuff, where do I go? You know, all that stuff is room to improve, but at the same time, um, I think today we uh, we worked on our defense a lot. Okay. Um, I think defense was a little better today. You know, we we were communicating a lot, and we were accountable. Um, guys held other guys accountable, and guys who made mistakes held themselves accountable. So it was one of those games where you know we took a step in the right direction for okay. sure. Okay. Took a few steps in the right direction. Last thing you said, watching Kevin. It's like a movie. What was it like tonight? <laughs> same thing. It's the same movie. <laughs> um, honestly, uh, I think I was more involved with him today in his actions on um, right. really setting screens and getting them open and, you know, setting real hard screens. Um, you know, it's different, you know, setting screens with booking a CP off ball, you know, when you have to make a, a guy trail or make him look right. under or underneath. But, you know, big on big, 
Man, y'all used to hit crack this dude one time, and you know he should be getting open because that's big. And then you switch, I go duck in. So it's really fun, man. I'm not gonna lie, it's really fun. I just gotta make sure I'm prepared to receive the ball. Wow. Um, move on to Devin Booker. Got a couple from Devin Booker. About uh, three of them from from Book. Um, let's go to this first one. Uh. Yes, that's the one I want. Um, this is a book talking to Kevin Durant, or Kevin Durant, uh, to Dwayne Rankin, um, about um the uh, corner threes. So that was kind of a big thing, just the fact that he's been let left open from the corner. Corner uh, is the shortest uh, th- uh three point shot. Um, so uh, book talking about that first um tonight you've seen kevin do this time and time again but what was it like again tonight to see him deliver and hit, and hit huge shots for you guys yeah you know those few plays with cp3 cross court to get in the corner you know i'm a fan so you know, they got the best angle in the house <laughs> to watch it go down but that's just them, man. That's why they're Hall of Famers. And, you know, we needed that. It was big time. Katie's block. And I'll show you full court into a three. The next possession. You know, those are the teams that, you know, they, that, that hurts other teams. Um, but, you know, it's a good game today. Came out with the win. Other team played hard. Curious. Um, next is going to be Book talking about... Um, Let's see, what is it talking about? This one is, oh, about the Boo Birds as well. Um, like a um, coach and and um, Kevin were asked, uh, Book was asked about the same thing. Curious, are you surprised he's still getting booed like he's getting booed here? Yes. Seven, eight years now. That was my rookie year. I mean, it's just people just want to be heard, man. They just—I you know, don't know what it is. Um, he did a lot for this organization. Yeah, that's that. Um, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, you kind of figured they would get over it, but apparently not. Um, and then this is the last one. Uh. For book and just the last one I have in in general um, is book asked about um, um, how uh, just just the overall the game how they finished how they played. Curious, I saw you at the end of the third. You took issue with how that last possession went and you was obviously calling people out. You've talked before about holding each other accountable. How big are those moments when you're getting ready to go for what you guys are going for? Yeah, I mean, those are possessions. You know, we messed up our two for one. You know, supposed to get the shot at 33 seconds. We shot at 40-something. Just gave them another opportunity. And then, you know, we're supposed to have last shot. We shot a little bit too early, so... Just little things like that, you know, when it comes down to it, can cost you a possession, which can cost you a game. You know, it, it's all of our responsibility to hold each other accountable on that. Um, 
and even me voicing it out loud and holding myself accountable to make sure I don't do it in the future. And, you know, those are important plays. Last thing, um, you guys obviously uh, going back home uh, for a couple, and uh, just curious where you feel like you guys are right now. Um, you've won like five in a row here. Just getting better. Uh, I think the more time we're out there together, the better. So, you know, we're kind of using games as practice like to, you know, just get after it and find the flow. But it's definitely getting better. Uh, that's all I have too. Uh, just like Dwayne Rankin, they have um, the uh, Spurs and Nuggets at uh, home. So two games at home. Um, one uh, tonight against the Spurs, and then um, and then they have uh, uh, a day off, and then the Nuggets on. Um, Let's see, that would be uh, Thursday, Nuggets on Thursday. Um, and then their their last home or last road game is against the Lakers, and then the last home game is against the Clippers. Um, but uh, that is, that's the show. That's everything I have on Suns. That's everything I have on the show. Uh, like I said, a pretty, pretty uh, uh, packed show. Uh, somewhat, somewhat balanced. Obviously, you know, uh, Suns taking the majority of the time, but um, you know, fifteen minutes each uh, for each other segment. That's not too bad at all. Um, feel pretty good about it. Uh, should be a good, uh, good day uh, today and uh, for for tomorrow's show. And uh, excited. Uh, uh, always excited for when when the Suns play. Um, that'd be great if they can kind of continue winning and uh, end the season on on a winning streak. It's uh, uh, five in a row. They go for six uh, tonight. So, um, Big Sky Sports Talk at Gmail dot com. Uh, if you want to email me, get involved in the conversation, have anything to say, questions, comments, concerns. Big Sky Sports Talk at gmail.com and then Facebook and Instagram at Big Sky Sports Talk and you just search in the search bar Big Sky Sports Talk and for Facebook and Instagram and it will come right up. Uh, give us a like and a follow. Um, and then as far as the show, plenty of ways to listen. Um, that you can listen on um, Spotify, Apple, Google, um, iHeartRadio, uh, Audible, Amazon. Uh, Stitcher, we're available just about everywhere you are. And uh, when you when you listen, go ahead and subscribe so that way you you don't miss out on a show. Uh, we typically Tuesday through Saturday, but um, might do saying things a little bit different. Might have a bonus show, might have a guest or something like that that we'll do. So you don't want to miss out. So uh, it also makes it easy for you to share it with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your enemies. So that way you can help get the word out. Um, um, via social media and, and also um, you know with, with with your voice as well I appreciate it and until next time thanks again <laughs>